Hey, Slump Busters, welcome in. It's time for episode 97 of the Slump Buster Podcast. I'm your host, Juju Talk Sports, and joining me on today's episode, two outstanding, wonderful ladies, the founders of the Ballpark Vibes baseball blog, Pamela Linsky and Megan Ellis. On today's episode, we break down the first half of the Major League Baseball season, we talk the All-Star break, and we talk some early MVP favorites. But folks, it doesn't stop there. Megan Ellis actually gave us a fantastic deal on some outstanding merchandise from her own personal blog, the Home Sweet Ballpark Collection. So go ahead and check out homesweetballpark.com for an outstanding variety of t-shirts, lanyards, and other items to show your baseball fanhood. And go ahead and use promo code SLUMP. Don't be a chump. Use promo code SLUMP. Thank you so much, Megan, for setting that up. You already know I have my beers, bombs, and ballpark shirt in the mail heading my way. But before we move on, folks, it is time to give a shout out to our partners. Caveman Coffee Co. Caveman is a fantastic single source, single origin goodness from a company with impeccable taste and ethics. The people behind it are beautiful souls and the coffee is delicious fuel for the never ending quest to do better, be better, love harder and enjoy deeper. Guys, I tell you, their nitro cold brew is the perfect blend of energy and refreshment in the morning. Great way to start the day. But why stop there? They have their mammoth blends, which I highly encourage you getting. They have their hibiscus teas, which are delicious. And guys, if you use our promo code slump, you get 15% off your next purchase of any of these fantastic products. CavemanCoffeeCo.com, promo code slump. Guys, don't be a chump. Use promo code slump and get yourself a case today. All right, guys. Episode 97, Pam Walensky, Megan Ellis, Ballpark Vibes, Juju Talk Sports. Let's get it. Let's bust the slump and let's enjoy. Back Slump Busters is time for episode 97 of the Slump Buster podcast. Join me on today's episode. A return guest, Pamela Linsky, Megan Ellis, Ballpark Vibes. We haven't had these ladies on in a while. The last time we did was a uh, beginning of what turned out to be a COVID shortened season. Good news this time around, we actually have some baseball to talk about. So, starting first off, uh, Megan, how's your day going? Great. I just woke up and I'm drinking coffee. So, great. <laughs> Starting the day off on the right note. And what about you, Pam? I mean, we just joked around in here in the pre-show, but uh, with your Cubs not doing so well, how are you doing today? Well, the Cubs game got postponed because it's rainy here in Chicago. Um, So I think that might give them some time off that they need to kind of recoup and get their heads straight and get ready for the series. It's been a little bit of a roller coaster ride for them this year because, I mean, they started off really well. Uh, leading the NL Central for a good part of the season. And then, as we mentioned, 10 straight losses. Um, This brings me into the first topic of the day. Will the Cubs be buyers or sellers at the MLB trade deadline? Honestly, I don't know. I've been seeing things saying that they might be sellers. My mom has been sending me stuff that like Rizzo might be in a Boston jersey by the end of the year, which would kind of hurt me. But if you know because it's Rizzo like he's just he's so classic Chicago um it's hard to kind of picture him being anywhere but here but it is I I think the office and you know ownership will do what they need to do to kind of get them back on the right track to be back in the wins what about like pieces like Javier Baez and Chris Bryant as well could we see them on the move I mean Rizzo's kind of a big name to stand out but basically your whole infield is um potentially on the trade block 
Yeah, I think there's there's been a lot of talk around Bryant for a while now. And as, as great as he is, I think it wouldn't hurt if he goes someplace else, especially with his, you know, his experience and his tenure in Chicago. I think him going someplace else will kind of give some of the battery guys a chance to, you know, um, kind of step up and show what they can do as well. And, you know, kind of same thing with Javi. Like Javi is, I think he'll be the one that gets missed the most. Um, just because he's so electric and he's so fun to watch. Now, Pam Steam is expected to be a seller at the deadline, but Megan, as uh, that NL West turns out to be a wild situation, the Padres, the Giants, the Dodgers all going back and forth on it. We got a little head-to-head going on here. Um, What can you expect from the Padres at the MLB trade deadline, and what are some needs they have? I can expect a lot of anxiety for myself personally. Uh, Let's start off with that. Uh, cause I am one of those that like, gets attached players. So I think we'll end up being buyers for the most part. I know we need starting pitching desperately. It's been tra- like really tough to see this, especially with Snell having been out with his, uh, stomach issues and, um, called up a guy from double a this week who I actually can be friends with, but, um, yeah, the fact that we're reaching down into double a to pull up people for f- spot starts, also, our outfield, I mean, love Grisham. He's doing great. Meyer's great. Bam, he's a hit or miss. Profar, I'm not very hot on Profar anymore right now. And Mateo, um, this is not going to sound nice, but you can send him to the sun. That's pretty much what I'm on for that. So I'm thinking Mateo's might be on the chopping block and might be used as a trade piece to buy really think that Preller is going to do well and uh, go for it because it seems like this is our year that we're fully full speed for this championship so especially since we're only I think four games out of first right now which at this point we're never that that's honestly kind of incredible to think of it's honestly incredible to think how the NL West has been yep. this entire season um, obviously as a Giants fan my expectations were you know, I thought the team was going to be competitive, but I certainly yeah. didn't expect them to be the best team in baseball at the all-star break. So uh humble brag right there, but I know, just want to out. We've yeah. played at least three more games than you guys. So just saying. Oh, okay. Fair, fair enough. It will, even out, we'll get 162 in at the end of the year. And, you know, at that point, uh, we will still be leading the NL West. Bold take, bold prediction. All right, well, let's move this into a more general trade deadline discussion. I'll throw out (laughs) some names that will be potentially on the chopping block this year. So we got Max Scherzer, the biggest starting pitcher on the market. Nelson Cruz, Joey Gallo, who will be competing in the All-Star Game and the Home Run Derby. (laughs) Meg's boy. (laughs) Joey Gallo. It's the ball a mile, um, but we'll be doing it for another team post-July Trevor Story, also competing in the All-Star game. Starling Marte is one of those great rental options in the outfield. And then also All-Star game starters, Eduardo Escobar and Adam Frazier also getting talked about as well. Um, All right, then let's shift on over then to Megan. Out of those names I listed, what are potentially some jersey swaps we can expect? For sure, Gallo to the Padres. That one I am sold on. I've been sold on like two years now. So I'm calling this one Gallo to the Padres. Have no idea who we're going to give up for him. Maybe even see Camposano go, potentially. Also, just because I feel like Hodges aren't as hot on Camposano as they were before when they saved him last offseason. 
I've been hearing the, about Trevor's story too. So I'm like, he's definitely not going to be in a Rockies uniform anymore, especially with the fact that Arenado's gone. Uh, surprised that Charlie Blackman's still there too, but we'll see about that uh, coming into the off season. But for sure, those two, at, uh, Nelson Cruz, I heard about as well, but I don't know who is looking into him. So I like, I know the names that are like, oop, you're not going to be in that uniform anymore, but I haven't seen who the potential buyers are is the thing there because again i've been wrapped up in minor league baseball now for double a central <laughs> hey it's important we got to know some of those prospects because obviously prospects are a big part of any tread deadline discussion it's hard obviously as a giants fan i'm trying to evaluate yes it would be nice for them to go all in make a big play get someone like you mentioned a gallo to just break your heart there um but there comes that added cost of well we got to move on from some top prospects to do it and um being all in on one season is a scary situation for most teams. Like, do you get a rental piece like a Starling Marte? Yes, Starling Marte, great speed, runs the outfield well, and has a little bit of pop. But for two months of him, would I be willing to give up uh, Heliot Ramos? I have to decline on that one. Mm-hmm. Joey Gallo is great because at least you have another year of team control with him uh, beyond the season. Max Scherzer, Obviously, you're getting a Hall of Famer there, but again, is he worth just a couple months? That's kind of like where you have to kind of like pause and pump the brakes a little bit. A very likely option. I could see Max Scherzer, as much as it pains me to see it, I could see him in a Dodgers uniform by the end of July. Uh, I think given the added situation with the Trevor Bauer stuff and the Dodgers were kind of looking for starting pitching anyway, I could see them making a big splash and going after Max and, um, that of course just makes a already scary roster scarier as we kind of move into that last couple months stretch there. Uh, Speaking of Max Scherzer, speaking of all-star starting pitching, this season has been marred by, of course, the uh, sticky stuff situation. Spider tacked, um, was the MLB in the right? Was the MLB in the wrong? You have uh, Tyler Glass now come out, says, I got injured because of this rule. I was gripping the ball a little tighter. And then you have some people that actually have been in MLB scorner as well. You guys want us to respond. You want us to react. Well, here's the rule. Here's what we did about it. And since they've made that rule, there has been a uptick in hitting. Pitching has kind of evened out a little bit. So where do you ladies stand on this? Was the MLB in the right on the sticky stuff situation? And did they get it right? So I'd say that they're in the right because it is part of the rules. But the fact that they did it in the middle of the season is where they went wrong. They should have said, hey, just a heads up, starting the end of the season, we're going to crack down on this and like no more or even post All-Star break. This way at least it gave a timeline, but the fact they're like, nope, next week we're starting this. I think they should have said, hey, just a heads up, you need to start fixing something because starting 2022 season, we're going to be cracking down on this and it's not going to be a thing anymore. Or alternate is they can say hey here's the list of approved sticky substances you can use and um if we test something for it and it's not one of those approved then you're 10 days suspended they should have either given an approved list of things because we all know that it's kind of dangerous to not have that at this point now especially considering how many pitchers have been using it or to waited till end of the season to make this change what about you pam are you pretty much in line on that yeah, I definitely agree. I, it definitely should have been something where like they gave like a deadline, like Megan said, like at the all-star break or, you know, starting after this season, you know, we're going to start to crack down and like she said, just like have a list and kind of 
go off of that. But I, I definitely think they, they could have been a little bit more, I don't want to say prepared, but like a little more on the ball about it. Pun, pun intended. um as far as kind of like my thoughts on it i guess i am a little bit more sympathetic with the cause of like putting the rules in place when they did because they were getting hammered at one point by the national media why aren't you doing anything about this let's do something about this sticky stuff spin rates garrett cole this that other so i kind of understand the urgency just to do a rule right out the gate and it's hard for me to say what kind of impact that had on someone like a Tyler Glass now. It, when I first read those comments, I kind of like uh, shrugged my shoulders at it and just said, eh, you know, come on, you're using a cheating substance, a foreign substance. But the sympathy was not quite there. But I do understand the immediate adjustment to it and why that could have caused issues for some pitchers. And then there is some gray area with it as well when we're talking about stuff like rosin and sweat. Um, obviously, there was a demonstration by one Trevor Bauer, who again, we will get to here soon. Uh, there was a live demonstration by Pedro Martinez on MLB Network too, regarding um, kind of like the impact of Roz and his sweat and even kind of like that. And I, I do think it was an optics issue as well when you have um, pitchers uh, so brazenly uh, disrobing as they were getting checked. Um, obviously that was quite a situation there. Do you think the pitchers overreacted a little bit with those ones as well? Yeah, just I definitely bit. think so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I get it, Max, you know, he's put together a nice career at this point. So to insinuate uh, some use of foreign substances on his behalf is, you know, a little bit of a, like, I can understand where that would get under his skin a little bit. Uh, Sergio Romo, uh, that slider has been spinning like that for years. So like, uh, but you know, I, I think for the most part, uh, when you insinuate, when you create a rule in place at any point, there's not a great way to do it. And it's funny just to see how the kind of like at first we start off MLB needs to do something then they did something and still people are mad so I just at this point I just assume people are just gonna be bad at anything that happens in a baseball season so well yeah and here's that sounds right like how are they gonna prevent the whole sunscreen thing it's a day game it's 90 degrees out sun's blurring let them burn (laughs) like that point (laughs) I'm gonna put sunscreen on I'll be sticky and same thing with pine tar if fake their teammates hand or something like there's no way to prevent the fact that they could potentially get pine tar on their hands plus if the batters are allowed to use pine tar to help with their tools and help them with their ultimate goal why wouldn't there be a way for them to at least with the rosin bag of sweat like there needs to at least be one approved or at least a list of approved things that they can use if pine tar is approved for batters to use it has to be playing field on that part no, that is true. I have seen some hitters also come out and say, well, hey, like I'm allowed to use pine tar. So I, I do understand some pitchers. Who was it a few weeks ago? I want to say maybe Pete Alonso that even said, hey, these guys are all throwing 100 miles per hour. If they have something that helps them grip the ball a little bit better, I'm all for it. Yeah. Plus, here's the other thing with the National League. So are those pitchers who have to bat for themselves, are they not allowed to use pine tar now? Mm. Another batting gloves and i know a lot of them don't know how to hit uh except for down camera but we could talk about that one later but like the guys have to bat for themselves now are they not allowed to use pine tar because that's a sick, sticky substance that they can use to help them grip the ball at that point especially if they just struck out to get the last out and now have to go out and pitch hmm. that's that so. is a good point but don't know if there's a right situation i mean the way i look at it too from a certain aspect is pitchers batters players in general 
always are looking for an advantage. Uh, going back to the steroid era, going back to taking amphetamines prior to games, such in the Hank Aaron era, the 60s and 70s, uh, early days weightlifting with uh, Babe Ruth. You know, every time, you know, there's a new advancement or new opportunity for someone to get ahead, as we've seen with the Houston Astros a few years ago, players are going to take advantage. Uh, it's a cat and mouse game. And if it's up to someone to set like a fine rule, like uh, something that is very black and white in order to uh, prevent uh, further issues. Speaking of like issues that kind of uh, border on black and white areas of gray here. So in the last couple of weeks, and I'm actually really glad to have y'all on to discuss this situation. So Trevor Bauer, um, you know, obviously an LSI young winner, a big addition for the Dodgers this year, a big part of their rotation. Um, he has been on an administrative leave uh, regarding a sexual encounter that uh, borders on what is that fine line with uh, consent is particular when it comes to uh, some particular kinks that were mentioned in you know, some text exchanges here. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on the Trevor Bauer situation? Uh, do you think that the Dodgers have handled it right to this point? Uh, let whoever wants to take this one up first. Megan. <laughs> I have a lot of mixed, I wouldn't say mixed emotions, but um, when I read that article though, I legitimately felt sick. I was at work, well, I was off, but I was staying to watch the game. And I was like, I need to just sit down and peace to myself. Like, it made me sick. Because I'm not one to defend Bauer, and definitely not defending him. But I would claim that I was a Bauer fan. Um, I was petitioning for him to come to San Diego. I interviewed Luba for Ballpark Vibes during the pandemic. I was basically a fan of the Bauer camp at that point. I have since unfollowed Bauer on social media. Um, it's a lot, especially since it hits a little more closer to home because the fact is the girl is from San Diego and it's just, I guess the way I could put it is Bauer's not completely at fault. They're both at fault, but the point is just because you consent in a text message, you can revoke consent at any time. So just because she said yes at first, it doesn't mean in that moment she was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And that's fair. And the fact is, Bauer claims he's the smart man, almighty guy. He should have known better to the point where this is not going to look good, especially if it comes out, especially since he's such a big guy on his brand and wants to basically be this face of baseball, face of baseball media and stuff. I don't think he's expecting to become this face of baseball media. And if he always has his brain in mind, like he says he does with the first ambassador for lids and stuff, Again, this should have been a thought in the back of his mind. Maybe I shouldn't go this far because he went way too far. Just because she had consented at first doesn't mean it's okay either. It was a lot. I don't know if you've seen the images since they've came out, but it's not good. And I don't want to speculate or say kind of what's going on within the whole Bauer camp, but the creative director of Momentum uh, has since resigned and does not want to be part of that company anymore. And I don't know what's going on with his um, PR person, but uh, I know someone who's very close with her and she was not with Bauer for uh, that 4th of July weekend when she should have been there doing damage control. She was at a minor league baseball game. So I'm wondering if she resigned as well. And I don't know how to really 
process this whole situation because it's it's really a lot and I don't think he has a career in baseball after this season that's kind of where I'm at on this all right Pam what about you do you think Bauer plays the rest of the season coming off of that definitely not um Megan can kind of attest to this as well I've never really been a big Bauer fan just I don't know why I just never really was and just now all of this coming out I actually found out about it like I had like gotten a notification she's like oh Trevor Bauer's on administrative leave I was just like oh dang that sucks and like Meg and I have been talking about the last couple days and or like in the in the last couple days and then like his administrative leave got extended I I definitely I don't think he'll be playing whenever he gets off administratively whenever this I don't want to say settled but whenever it's handled you know I definitely don't think he's got anything the rest of this year and anything after this year is going to be it's going to be tricky for him to kind of um kind of reel back in and do that damage control and kind of fix his presence and his I don't know the, I know the word I'm thinking of but I can't articulate but like his image yeah that's <laughs> the it image, image. The image his, in your head his, <laughs> is the image yeah it's it's definitely he's definitely going to have to work some uh, damage control on his his personal image and his professional image as well you know, it, it, re- it really is a shame because actually, even despite him being a Dodger, I was a big fan of Trevor Bauer and uh, kind of disassociating um, art from artists here is um, going to be like definitely one of those tough things that I think a lot of baseball fans or Trevor Bauer fans are going to have to uh, cope with. Obviously, the Dodgers signed him to a multi-year deal. He was the highest paid player in baseball going into this. And Meg said that she doesn't think he has a career in baseball after the season. I think that that is a little bit more of a stretch. I, I do think that we will see Trevor Bauer back on a mound in the MLB at some point, um, given that we have seen uh, players in not necessarily just MLB, but other leagues that have come back off worse situations that didn't even have this uh, fine line of consent on them. Obviously, we've seen like, uh, was it from the Astros a couple of years ago? Um, was it Urania or someone help me out here uh, that had obviously a horrible domestic violence situation and was pitching on a world series team. Whereas this, obviously there is a text message thread. There is a sacking counter. There is a lot of stuff here that makes this not just like um, as easy to say as like, I think we all are pretty much uniform agreement here. Guy hits a girl, guy's a piece of shit, block him away. That's kind of like always been what most people have been raised on. But um, with the added text exchanges added, um, stuff going on here it's kind of like it kind of makes you kind of like cringe at the situation like both ways whether you're on uh Trevor Bauer side of the fence whether you're on the girl side of the fence I I don't think that anyone's just uh can just teeter-totter in the middle on this too much too because um of you do have images like uh, Meg was pointing out there anytime you see images like when we look at something like the Ray Rice situation a few years ago in the NFL, uh, it does make the situation 10 times worse uh, to have a uh, film history to review. I I think he will pitch again. I don't think he will pitch again this season. I think it'd just be a hard thing for the Dodgers to be able to um, explain to their fans or even kind of like move past uh, post-All-Star break. I think this situation, they have to at least let it play out in the courts first and see what happens there. But yeah, I I think that's kind of like where we are at this. Still wet for details come out. Uh, anything we say at this point, I guess, is again just speculation. 
we'll see. But let's move on to, I guess, a little bit more sunnier topics. Um, obviously, we've got the All-Star break coming up. We have the Home Run Derby, which is my favorite event in uh, any sport, any major league sport, uh, as far as like All-Star break activity. Way better than the Slam Dunk Contest. Way better than any of the bullshit they got going on at the Pro Bowl. Uh, Shohei Otani's in it, and the guy has been if I'm not watching a Giants game, I'm usually watching Shohei Otani highlights. Right now, the betting odds are as stands. Uh, Shohei is the favorite at plus 380. Uh, right behind him, you have Joey Gallo at plus 475. Uh, then we go down to Pete Alonzo, plus 550. Matt Olson of the A's at plus 650. Then we also got Salvador Perez, the catcher out of the Royals. He's at plus 650. And then at the rear, tied for uh, seventh, eighth spot finishes, Juan Soda plus 800 and Trevor Story, the uh, hometown kid at plus 800. Oh, I forgot about Trey Mancini too. Also another great story there at plus 850. Going into the home run derby, who is your favorite? But also again, I'm a big Gallo girl. So uh, Joey Gallo. Gallo (laughs) girl. I wonder if that should be like a fan club. I wonder if someone could get that shirt going there. Um, The Gallo girls. It'll be a home sweet ballpark exclusive. Mm, throwing out there we got some merchandising you know <laughs> both wearing home sweet ballpark shirts right now and we did not plan this oh really okay okay i see, I see you guys getting the brand out there all right it's fine that's why we're bringing you on though we want to give everyone more exposure so uh go ahead and check out ballpark vibes get yourself a home sweet ballpark shirt use Thank promo you. code slump get 20 percent off no yes maybe 10 percent Ten percent. Yeah. Okay, we're we're negotiating live on the pod here. Ten percent. Ten percent. Ten percent. Can we get shipping on there? Mm, that that's where it gets gray area there. Shipping, yeah, shipping is where it adds up. Anyway, home run derby, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I want to say yes. Otani is going to uh, dominate, but also I would not be mad if Gallo won it. Yeah, that, that's where I met on that. You know, future Padre outfielder, Joey Gallo. Yeah, I definitely I definitely am on board of the Shohei Otani boat. Um, I feel like every every day I'm getting some notification from MLB or ESPN. It's just like, oh, it's Shohei Otani, whether it's pitching or like hitting home runs. I'm just like, this kid is, I shouldn't say kid. I don't know how old he is, but like he's like a star. Like he's, a lot of people have been comparing him to Babe Ruth and I like a hundred percent agree. Like he is like our generation's Babe Ruth, just hitting and pitching, just absolutely incredible. Yeah. You mentioned, can you call him a kid? Uh, that's one of those tough debates whenever you uh, start realizing you're older than the players. Uh, yeah. Should I get a yeah. Otani jersey? <laughs> Should I wear a jersey of a kid who's older than me or younger than me? Yeah. Hard, hard debate there. But as far as favorites go, you know, th- this one was kind of like reviewing some like home run footage of like each of the guys who are competing here. And I feel as though I might actually go for a little bit of an underdog pick when it comes to this. Um, I'm actually targeting Juan Soto as a potential dark horse pick here. And it was just kind of like was evaluating each guy's home run style ever since they changed to the time clock format, which by the way, I, I think was one of the best changes Uh, they could have potentially made the home run derby over the last five years or six years since they started doing the time clock has been way more enjoyable than the previous format they had. I like line drive hitters 
and guys who can hit the ball off balance. And I feel as though Juan Soto has a lot of that. The guys who hit the moon shots, uh, unfortunately, they lose seconds on the clock, and that kind of adds up over time. So at plus 800, Juan Soto, that's kind of catching my eye there. So is it your favorite or who you're predicting when you say Joey Gallo there, Meg? I'd say my favorite is Gallo. Not be mad if he won, but I am saying Otani. Okay, so two for Otani, and then me just being the weird one with Juan Soto just out of nowhere here. (laughs) Okay, gotcha. Let's see here. Well, some of the great stories, too, coming out of it. Um, Obviously, I just want to touch on Trey Mancini competing is a really cool thing. Obviously, cancer last year uh, was going through chemotherapy, and here he is in the home run derby. So I would not be mad if he won either. I think that would be another great story for the MLB uh, to see someone all uh, like um, you think about like great home run derby moments, Josh Hamilton coming back off all the troubles that he had with drug abuse and everything uh, coming out and having that electric home run derby, which I'm still mad that he didn't win if when you actually review the tape there. Greatest all-star event in sports, the home run derby, but can't have an all-star break without the all-star game itself. At this mm. current time, the NL has lost seven straight games. They are actually, though, the betting line favorite at minus 120 versus the AL at minus 110. So close one, according to the Vegas books right there. Uh, the starting lineups uh, as presented. Uh, so in the AL, you had Salvador Perez of the Kansas City Royals, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. of the Toronto Blue Jays, a uh, Toronto Blue Jays filled right side of the starting lineup when you also have uh, Marcus Simeon also there. Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers at short and third from the Boston Red Sox. Uh, Mike Trout, who of course will be an injury replacement um, in the outfield. Aaron Judge out in New York. And Teoscar Hernandez, the third Blue Jay as well. And then making again more history at DH, Shohei Otani, who is uh, voted in by the fans at DH. And also a listed pitcher on this team's roster. Would love if he started off the game. In the NL, we have Buster Posey, who will be an injury replacement, unfortunately, as uh, JT Real Muto will uh, fill his spot. Uh, Freddie Freeman of the Atlanta Braves at first. Uh, Adam Frazier at second. Uh, Again, trade candidate, potentially. Fernando Tatis, representing uh, the Padres there, will be at shortstop. Third baseman, Nolan Arenado in a new jersey for the first time here representing the cardinals well uh ronald acuna unfortunately who uh just suffered a torn acl as of a couple days ago uh rest up ronald uh we hope to see you again you're one of the most exciting fun players in the mlb today and uh it sucks that we're gonna have to wait till next year to see you um nick castellanos and jesse winker representing the cincinnati reds well And uh, yeah, so far to this point, we have yet to have uh, the official starting pitchers listed, but who are you picking to win the All-Star game? Team National League. We're going to break the streak. I feel as though we're all biased on this one because obviously we all have an NL club here. Absolutely. Especially since I have five guys All-Star game this year. So, I mean, I'm happy with that. Team NL. I think I have to go against Megan and say Team AL. I'm, I am very much a National League person. I mean, growing up in Chicago, I mean, we've got both teams in Chicago, but just growing up as a Cubs fan and just always being National League in the last last few years, I've sort of opened my scope a little bit and I've been watching, you know, more teams. So I'm kind of more open now 
but the AL, the way their lineup looks, it looks like the AL has a good chance. I mean, obviously the NL too, losing Acuna in the last couple of days, losing Posey, mm-hmm. they've lost a little bit of the punch in their starting lineup. Um, and then just, I, I don't know what it is, but betting against history, because yes, the NL has lost seven straight games uh, going currently, but they've also had in just the last 20 years, I remember before that they had an ugly stretch as well. So for whatever reason, the AL just always seems to have that right edge when it comes to the All-Star game. So I, I think I will have to go with the underdog here as well. I'd love to say the NL wins, especially since I got a couple of our guys on there, but um, it doesn't seem like uh, history would be in their favor to do such. Now, let me get a quick opinion on this, though. I am in the minority here that I actually enjoyed the All-Star game better when it had World Series implications. Uh, is anyone in my camp here? Yes. yes. <laughs> Maybe I'm not in the minority, just untalked about. <laughs> I, I just think it's something that unique that, that they had over other sports in the sense that the All-Stars voted in by the fans, the players, and the coaches all had an opportunity to... Uh, impact the world series in a meaningful way and play in a meaningful way so i think bud selig was in the right when he made that rule and uh i would love if it would got reinstated i doubt it will because large public sentiment said otherwise yeah that was one of my favorite rules in uh sports actually uh low-key high-key i can't believe they got rid of that literally it made the all-star game even more meaningful of an ultimate goal and they had to everyone had to come together for the for their team to have home field advantage if they were to be good enough to make it to the World Series. Mm-hmm. I blame not... Adam Wainwright. Yeah. <laughs> always, uh, always blame it on the Cardinals. That's that's just my life motto. Just blame <laughs> it on the Cardinals. Yeah, but yeah. like I remember it was the 2014 game where he actually publicly stated that he gave a uh, gopher ball to Derek Jeter in that game as his final send-off farewell tour. Um, you know, so that was, I think, kind of one of those things, which is odd because again, it impacted home field and all this, but I, I kind of understand the camp that was like, okay, well, you know, it's, it's for the fans. It's not supposed to be it. It's supposed to be an exhibition, but I don't know, seeing players actually play the game the right way. And not just like, you know, the NBA, where it's just like, yeah, let's just throw up 150 points. No one play defense or the pro bowl where, you don't see many Sean Taylors just blowing up guys out there. Uh, it's more a two-hand touch game. No, I, I like to see my players playing with a little edge. Two for the AL, one for the NL. Two for the two, NL. Two for the NL. Who was else? Your- no, I mean, I would love to see the NL win, but I, I think I'm actually going to go with the AL just because yeah. history suggests yeah. that they should win this game as well, unfortunately. Uh, reason well of how electric NL West has been. You do have that factor in it, so. You do have three of the best teams battling it out there, and obviously a lot of the players there. Unfortunately, when it comes to that, uh, you look go through the players respectively. Buster, for the Giants, for example, Buster Posey's out of this game. Brandon Crawford's going to be in this game. Kevin Gossman uh, will pitch on Sunday and not be eligible for this game. So the Giants are out. Uh, the Padres... You Darvish just got scratched. You did get Manny Machado back in there. Fernando Tatis, while exciting, is just one part of the lineup there. Jake Cronenworth. Jake Cronenworth. 
Yeah. Okay. So you got a, cu- a couple pieces there. And then the Dodgers, um, gosh, who all do the Dodgers have? I know Mookie Betts, I think it was just scratched from their team, the team as well. Um, so yeah, yeah you're, you're losing a lot of punch, unfortunately, on the NL side of things. Fair enough. All right. Well, <laughs> let's talk some more Shohei Otani. Again, we've been like uh, just loving what he's been doing this season. Is he the MVP in the AL this year? Absolutely. Especially with the headline yeah. almost night. Absolutely. No question on that. 33 home runs, uh, broke Hideki Matsui's record, uh, lit up uh, Yankee Stadium a couple weeks ago, and that was awesome to see. Like, uh, And he currently has a 349 ERA on top of it. And if it wasn't actually, I, I guess he lit up Yankee Stadium, also got lit up at Yankee Stadium, uh, two-thirds of an inning and uh, kind of allowed, what, like six, seven runs in that game. If it wasn't for that game, he would have a shiny two-point-something ERA what about in the NL then? Uh, let's talk about this. Is Jacob deGrom going to be a MVP in that as well as a Cy Young Award winner? Because he is at this point, uh, I, I know that there was a one crazy statistic that he had knocked in more runs than had allowed runs at a certain point in the year. Jacob deGrom, is he a low-key NL MVP favorite? He is one of my MVP favorites, I would say. Just <laughs> what he's doing is almost historical the year i mean he finally went over one but he's been sub one pretty much all season and they keep checking for sticky sticky substances and nothing and the fact that he's just been doing what he's doing and pretty much clean it's crazy i actually have tuned into a couple of bets games just to watch him pitch i mean he's my favorite for nl mvp yeah you don't need really a crazy spin rate when you're consistently throwing in triple digits right mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely think DeGrom is part of the NL MVP chatter. I honestly, I haven't really heard anything about other players, but like I, DeGrom for sure is like definitely up there. I feel like it's been a, like a down year as far as like some of these NL MVP favorites. So everyone kind of seems mm-hmm. to be on a, some level. There hasn't been a lot of standouts. So when you have a guy who's putting up a season like DeGrom is at, like you mentioned, Meg, like uh, he just crossed the one mark he's finally allowing over a run per outing that that is just something that you have not seen a pitcher do (laughs) like I always respected DeGrom and always knew he was good but to see how good he is truly uh that is uh truly blowing my mind uh what are some maybe like headlines that we maybe have uh missed the boat on today can we go Padres can we go Padres fine (laughs) if you must quote Meg a list of <laughs> from this season let me pull them up this is jesse agler our radio broadcasters list of special moments 2021 so starting off with april 9th we have musgroves no hitter the hometown kid does it first franchise no hitter over at globe life park or globe life field which i feel the padres now own after having slammed diego the year before which I missed that game because I went to the game the next night because I was working. And then um, we have Tatis's two home runs on Tatis Senior's slam reversary at Dodger Stadium. And then we have Dodger comeback on Saturday Night Baseball. So, oh, that was a really good one. That was This is all just April so far where Padres literally tied it up. And that was a wild game that pretty much the whole country tuned into. 
We have Padres uh, lose a bunch of their starters to COVID when they go to Denver. And then we start our 10 and one streak from May 11th to May 22nd. We have sweep Diego where we swept the Dodgers May 14th through the 23rd. We have four straight extra inning games capped by Tatis's home run and 12 inning win in Houston, which I was there for one of those. And then the crazy ninth inning versus Reds capped by Karen Tini walk-off home run on June 17th. And most recently, the Camerona game from three days ago, which a lot of people don't know who uh, Daniel Camerona is. He is a relief pitcher who had just went out for his second outing, got called up that morning, and our bullpen got exhausted because Nats are beating us 8-0 at that point. Hometown kid from San Diego as well and uh, comes in, has to bat for himself since we have no one else in the bullpen and hits a grand slam. Slam Diego with his whole family in attendance. And again, another hometown kid does it. First grand slam by a relief pitcher since 1958. Okay, so what you're saying is you have the most exciting third place team in Major League Baseball. Sure. I'll, I'll let that go because we are in third place, but we are also four games behind, so it isn't that much of a gap. Yeah, third place, but in, again, the best division in baseball. That's why I'm going to let Pam answer this one as the unbiased party here. Pam, who's winning the NL West? <laughs> oh, anyone but the Dodgers or the Padres, not just because I'm friends with Megan, but also they've they have been a very exciting team to watch. Um, so the Diamondbacks, gotcha. <laughs> I don't know. I do. I do have a soft spot in my heart for the Giants, only because of Tommy Lasella, but he's currently on the sixty-day injured list. So maybe hurt for now, great. but uh, doesn't hurt our chances. We're going all the way, baby. <laughs> odd even years that's the new generation I was gonna say, it's, it's it's not an even year though so i don't know about the giants making it in well i mean, I mean new decade new new results new decade yeah. and especially with how much flack he got and where he's led you guys to i would say i'm actually not mad because the thing is it's always anyone but the dodgers and i've always had a soft spot for the giants as well i really Ooh. hope i don't get this is Padres fan. So I wouldn't mind if the Giants won as long as we piggyback off each other first and second. So Padres just need to go past the Dodgers and either one of us can win and I'd be happy with it. As long as we both just make it to playoffs, I'm cool. Deal on that one? Yeah. It, it's fine. As long, anyone but the Dodgers. Okay, yes. Dodgers finished third. That would be the best end result for this season. Of course, that also means that... uh more than likely, we do have that first round wild card, which will be two NLS teams as well at this current point in time. That should be exciting. It's kind of a shame, though, that they can't line it up to where if one of the teams finishes the best record in baseball, they would get the wild card and we could have potentially NLCS of NLS teams as the best division. But unfortunately, it doesn't seem like that's in the cards this coming year. Yeah. No. Yeah. And it would be fun to hold over Dodgers fans, though. Uh, Full season, and this is the result. Would you have a 60 game season? That's cute. Yeah. <laughs> All right, ladies. Well, okay. Well, I mean, let's see. So, the last time I had you on, we discussed your favorite baseball movies, right? Did we ask that question? I think so, because mine's always legal. So. Remind me, let's refresh that. A League of Their Own. League of Their Own. Great movie there. No crying baseball. I think 
<laughs> I think I, I think I said either League of Their Own or Field of Dreams. Also Rookie of the Year because like Wrigley Field is classic, but Aubrey every said. baseball movie is my favorite baseball movie. <laughs> I will say this here on today's pod as well. Baseball movies are the best sports movies and you can't fight me on that one. Absolutely. All right. What are we plugging today? Like uh, we already got the Ballpark 5 shirts here. Uh, what else needs to be noted here today? What, are, what projects are in line so Pam and I have, uh, I wouldn't say neglected Ballpark Vibes blog as a whole together. Um, we have been keeping up the Instagram stories at least and uh, sharing stuff, indie, minor league, and major league. But I'm actually moving back home mid-August to go back to school. So I feel like once kind of indie ball slows down for Pam a little bit more and I'm back home, we'll be uh, refreshing the blog. So hope for some more off-season content there. So yeah, so Ballpark Vibes, we're hoping to make a return with. Going forward, it's probably going to be mostly me and Pam anyways, with a few guest writers here and there, just because a lot of our original team has uh, gone on to do other things like schooling or just hasn't had time as well. Uh, so this was mine and Pam's baby to begin with, and we're going to truck through with the two of us. So there's that. And then uh, Home Sweet Ballpark, my brand, I've just been trying to still work on that while I'm here in Texas. So. I will be having an off-season collection coming out, I want to say, kind of around postseason time. And then that's about it for news there. And yeah, Pam, you want to add anything to that? No, I mean, it's been pretty crazy for me over the summer, um, kind of taking on a new role at the Dogs and being fully invested in that pretty much day in and day out. And it's it's just been a lot of fun. And we, like Meg said, you know, we've been trying to keep up with ballpark vibes um the keeping up with the website's been a little bit harder just because we are both so busy and you know like Megan said um some of our girls have all like moved on they're doing other things we're very happy for them of course so it's been a lot of Megan and I and I usually have a little bit more free time than Megan does so um, a lot of stuff that's going up on like the Twitter or on our Instagram stories is like me sharing stuff unfortunately it has been a lot of dog stuff recently but that's just because the dogs have been doing so well. We're the first team in the league to reach 30 wins. We're sitting pretty in first place in our division and within the league. Our team has been just absolutely hot. And if I had to pick a team to watch in the league, it would be the dogs. And that's not because I'm biased. It's just they're so electric. They're so fun. The players, you can tell that they get along. They're like a family. And just the energy they have on the field is a lot of fun. So I definitely suggest and recommend um, people tune in to our games. And if they're in the Chicago area, come out to a game. It's a lot of fun. They had a pant. How would, okay, how would someone tune into those games by chance if you're not in the Chicago area? Are they like Um, on YouTube, national TV? What do we we got? We stream, we stream like the live, the video feed on the American Association's site. I, you do have to have a subscription for it, which is kind of the downside for it. Um, but all of our games, you can listen to the audio for free on the Mixler app. And I do that every night. And when I listen, I'm texting our broadcaster funny things and just like response to what he says on the radio. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, that's part of the struggle. Sometimes to be an independent creator, mm-hmm. to go on your entrepreneurial journey. Uh, it does take up a lot of time. And, uh, you know, motivation is just something that you kind of have to keep up and keep going. I know we had a little bit of a hiatus too at the Slump Buster. Life happens, but I have a feeling that both of you will be back on your feet running this blog and providing great baseball content 
and it starts here. That's why I was happy to have you guys on at Ballpark Vibes. Go ahead, check them out. But since you're already listening, you might as well be subscribed to at Slump Buster Podcast, at Slump Buster Podcast on IG, at Slump Buster Pod on Twitter. Go ahead and use our promo code SLUMP. Come on, don't be a chump. Use promo code SLUMP at cavemancoffeeco.com to get yourself some delicious cold brew coffee, some hibiscus teas. Got it in the background right here. Refreshing, gets you through the morning, gets you through a podcast. Stay safe, happy, and healthy. And we'll see you on the next one. <laughs>